How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer for Wednesday, February the 24th. Hope you're having a tremendous day. Let's talk about some video game news. First of all, we got a lengthy expose slash report by thegamer.com, and it was basically revealed that Techland, which is the developers of Dying Light, is not a great place to work, namely because of its CEO. So here are some more details. Reportedly, working at Techland is chaos. The CEO and other top-level management create a toxic work culture where employees will have unnecessary amounts of pressure and then be insulted along the way, both to them and their work. If the CEO doesn't like something, it's not going to be in the game. And if an employee creates something, they need to present it with a direct reference to another game that has done something similar, otherwise it's not going to be approved. So if they make something, they have to say, hey, this game was also in Assassin's Creed or whatever. And then if, if it is approved, there's no guarantee that it's going to stick around longer than a month if management changes their mind on a whim. And by whim, I mean they just saw something on the internet. And it can happen for very simple things as well. Think about, like, the shape of spikes on an enemy. The CEO's signature line is, uh, quote-unquote, that just looks bad. Or, quote-unquote, this character looks gay. And decline the work without further feedback. Now, all of that is just the tip of the iceberg. Dying Light 2's story, for example, has been rewritten at least six times by multiple different people. Staff turnover is incredibly high at the company because of the barriers that employees face along the way. The CEO's wife is the head of HR. Obviously, huge conflict of interest. Uh, the company will hire quote-unquote experts with no experience to run the various departments that they're responsible for. And here's the last fun one, I guess. The CEO is reportedly uncomfortably obsessive about CD Projekt, a fellow Polish company and constantly compares Techland to them. So, all of that sucks, but also what you probably care about, regarding their upcoming game, Dying Light 2, you should definitely be cautious. According to sources, they have a, quote, production pipeline that changes so quickly and rapidly that it might as well not exist, end quote. And another person said, quote, they have no idea what the final game will be or what the story is. It's changed so much. People kept quitting, getting fired, end quote. Again, I didn't have time to talk about everything. I encourage you to read the full report over at thegamer.com, which has way more details. It's a very interesting read. Okay, we have a bunch of news from Sony today, from different places. First of all, Jim Ryan, the CEO of PlayStation, has confirmed that more PlayStation exclusives are going to be heading to PC. They actually have a, a full slate of them, apparently. The first one is going to be Days Gone, arriving this spring. And the reason for it is just because it became much easier for them to port to PC now, and they saw a lot of success with Horizon Zero Dawn, both financially and community-wise. So they want to keep that ball rolling. Next, they announced that they're working on the next iteration of the PlayStation VR headset. It's going to feature improved resolution, field of view, and new controllers that use some of the tech from the DualSense. And of course, it's going to connect directly to the PlayStation 5, and it's not releasing this year. The next announcement is that they are giving away Ratchet & Clank, the game from 2016. It is going to be free to keep through the month of March, and it seems like they're planning some other pretty high-profile free releases throughout the year. And then finally, they confirmed that Gran Turismo 7 has been delayed to 2022, apparently due to the coronavirus timeline shifts. There you go, that's PlayStation. Paradox Interactive reported on their full-year financials for 2020, which was their best year ever, in fact. So they had $216 million in revenue, that's up 39% year over year, $76 million in profit, up 33%, and all of that money comes from 5 million monthly active users across all of their games. Now, to get a little bit more specific, 
they were pretty displeased with the release of Empire of Sin, which was that game from Romero Games in December. Not only because of the reception of the game, you know, what critics had to say about it, but also the quality. So they're planning on releasing many updates for the future of that game. On the other side of the coin, though, they were extremely happy with the release of Crusader Kings 3, which broke a lot of their internal records. And obviously they have a plan that really works with their strategy games. So I'm glad that that worked out for them. Now, the biggest news out of everything that they could have talked about, though, is that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has been delayed past 2021, so 22 or later. But more importantly, the development team, Hardsuit Labs, has been completely replaced. And obviously, when you change developers, that's going to have a time cost. They were accepting pre-orders. They are no longer accepting pre-orders. And in a blog post, they mentioned that they have high expectations for this game, and they want to be able to meet those expectations. And once again, probably worth mentioning, you need to be cautious about this game. It hasn't had the best history. A development swap is not a good sign. But even more so, they had some very important people, key, key people of this game, inexplicably released from the company last year. And that cannot be a good thing. So I'm not saying you must hate this game. I'm just saying be cautious. My friends, that's all I can fit into the show today. Thank you so much for being here. As always, back with even more news tomorrow. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. The TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. I am very happy to see that PlayStation is going to be uploading some of their exclusives to PC. I hope to see Spider-Man. Oh my god, if I can get my hands on Spider-Man, I will be playing it. It will probably be the first full-price game that I pay for in the past couple of years. Is that going to happen? Probably not. I mean, Spider-Man was literally... I don't know. I mean, the game's a couple of years old. If, if they're just going to, like, release the game as a PlayStation exclusive for a couple of years and then put it on PC... That's not a bad deal, because they're definitely not going to put the new Marvel's Spider-Man, you know, whatever sequel they're working on, they're not going to put that on PC on day one, because when they released the first Spider-Man game, or the reboot of it, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, it sold them more PlayStation consoles than I think any other game has in their history. So why in the heck would they ever put it on PC? But, you know, at this point, anybody who wanted to play Spider-Man and has a PlayStation has played it at this point. So maybe it's time to put it on PC. That would make people like me very happy. Also happy to hear that Days Gone is is showing up. I think it got a little less fanfare than most exclusives get on, on PlayStation. It kind of like, it arrived on day one and I was like, how did I not hear about this? All of a sudden, everybody is talking about it and I've never heard of it. And it remains like one of those games that, you know, people on my timeline will say like, hey, this is underrated. We don't talk about this one enough. Other people didn't like it, but anyway. What else happened today? Oh, the Techland thing is just a, a shame, first of all. Like, I feel bad for everybody that works there. If you read the article, they actually include pretty extensive responses from the CEO about all of these accusations or, you know, claims, these reports. And uh, I don't know. He had a pretty boilerplate response to everything, but some of it was pretty funny. Like, at some point, they're like, when asked if he thinks that his wife being the head of HR was a conflict of interest, he said, no. My wife is a professional. We have a professional relationship at work. I'm like, boy, how can you say that with a straight face? I do encourage you to actually read the article, though. It was kind of hard for me to do it justice. It was written very differently than most other, I I don't know, I guess exposés, if that's what you want to call it. Like, Jason Schreier is usually the guy who does this kind of reporting. And so I I guess I got used to his style of, like, how the information is presented. The article itself is well written, this this one for Techland. It's just not what I was used to, so it's kind of hard to parse all of the information and get it out properly. 
I try to get the most important bits. Another one of the funny bits is that the, the CEO has a painting hanging up above his desk, or it's, it's a photograph, I think, of a cheetah and a naked woman. And, and, you know, the article was like, pretty hard to address concerns of like sexism at the company when the CEO of the company has a painting like that, or a, a photograph like that hung up on the wall. And then his response was like, it's a work of art. I have great respect for the photographer. If I knew this was a problem, I, w- I would have taken it down. Anyway, uh, that's it for me, folks. Thank you so much for being here. Until tomorrow. Farewell.